Welcome to Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay. And we are Always Listening. And we're back. Uh, first off, uh, Jay, I, I think there was some sort of uh, football contest of some sort this past weekend. I, I don't know. I didn't. Oh, what is that? What What's that? Super Bowl champions. Uh, yes, how, yes. how many is that now, Jay? You got one for the other thumb? Is that the way that works now? Yeah, six. <laughs> six of them. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. So honestly, man, like I, does it even matter at this point as a Patriots fan? Like, I mean, I saw the the picture of you and your son uh, celebrating and everything, but like, I'm a Saints fan. I've had one of these ever, and I don't even watch the NFL anymore, but I'm a LeBron James fan. I've only had, you know, three of them ever in the 14 years. I still really enjoy a championship. What does it feel like when you get so many in a decade? Oh no, it's still enjoyable. It's, 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 it's still a lot of fun. I can tell you that right now. It's more fun than not winning one. I can tell you that. Uh, the, the other thing, and I've joked about this on my own podcast, next fan up, I, I've picked a boyfriend team every season for like the last five years. And that's a team that I root for. That's not the Patriots so that I have like some actual, you know, live or die because the it's it, we've joked about this this season. It's become the Patriots Bowl. They need to rename it the Bill Belichick Trophy. That all of these things are just you know, a team gets a chance to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's what <laughs> that's what every NFL season is at this particular point in time. So, I pick a boyfriend team that I'll root for, and uh, I've done pretty well lately. Uh, uh, a couple years ago, it was the Raiders, and until Derek Carr got hurt, uh, they were well on their way. They did make the playoffs, and then they lost to my husband's, the Patriots. Then uh, last year, it was the Jaguars. So once again, rooted for the Jaguars all season until they met my husband's, and then they lost. You know who my boyfriends were this year, Joel? <laughs> Who's that? The Los Angeles Rams. I, and I actually picked the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl this year at the beginning of the season because I thought the Patriots were going to lose in the championship game and not make the Super Bowl in the preseason. And I was like, well, guess what? The boyfriends are meeting the husbands, so I got to root for the husbands. So, yeah, it's a, it's been a wonderful ride, I got to say. And when you can pick boyfriend teams like I can, man. <laughs> It's I'm honestly it's, like it's good uh, to be me. Well, you and I should go to Vegas. I think is what needs to happen there, Jay. Uh, you, we need. I got some investment opportunities for you. Um, <laughs> so uh, one quick piece of follow up on last week's episode, uh, our first with this new format. Uh, we had a couple of comments about audio. We apologize about that. I was experimenting, Jay. I tried to do effectively live streaming. We didn't actually stream it out. We just recorded it, but we were doing video and uh, frankly the audio wasn't connected properly so that is a good lesson to you when you're creating your show don't put the cart before the horse you might want to add fancy bells and whistles but until you know that those are working don't throw the good that you've already developed in your show out to do something else so this week the audio should be significantly better we're going to try something different and then we'll slowly maybe uh work up our, our way to live streaming um, Jay, I, I want to go ahead and move into the news because we got a big piece of news. It's probably going to be the one story that we end up talking about um, this episode. Uh, the news broke last week. Um, I, I've got it linked here in the show notes from Recode just because 
I like that they um, focus on the tech aspect of things. And I think that is the important thing that we need to remember is Spotify is a tech company. They are not a content company. They're not a music company. They are a tech company. And that's why they have the investment money, the VC money, and the evaluation that they have is because they are making a play for long-term subscription dollars through the tech that they've built. Um, Spotify is in talks to purchase Gimlet Media, the startup behind a bunch of popular shows. Interestingly, Recode mentions Reply All. I always think about the show Startup uh, with Alex Bloomberg, right. which launched the network. But obviously, in retrospect, that isn't the most popular show across their content because that's really niche. It's for people like you and me that want to think about maybe launching their own media business. Uh, normal people probably won't listen to that show very often. Um, $200 million is the reported offer and Spotify would own them outright. It's huge for our business. Jay, what were your initial thoughts when you read the news? You, I think you actually were one of the first people to post something about it that I saw. Well, I was notified, uh, via an emergency email sent by Nick Qua. Uh, stating the Recode article, and I think the, um, I want to say the Business Journal also uh, had this news. Uh, Nick said that uh, his unnamed source within the company says that the price is actually $230 million, uh, which would be the largest acquisition in podcasting that we have. Right now, we really only have scripts acquiring mid-roll, which was about $50 million, and we also have iHeart acquiring How Stuff Works, which I think was right around $50 million. So this is obviously much larger than that. What I didn't realize is how much money actually was invested into uh, Gimlet to this point. I thought it was much higher. The reports I'm reading, it was only at about $28 million. And I say only because when I compare $28 million to a $230 million acquisition, uh, it's obviously it's obviously change in the pocket for Spotify. Um, it's an interesting dynamic, and again, it all comes down to following the money. Where is the money in podcasting? And I don't want to use the word bubble because I don't think that there's necessarily a bubble. But I do believe that there's going to be a come to Jesus in this industry where people start to understand that the ginormous wads of money that is available in this industry isn't going to trickle down to everyone. And 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 to that degree, we're talking about a company acquiring a content creation a company, a content company, you, you, a tech company is now acquiring a content company to bolster the number of users to their tech that they have. And most people right now are guessing that there's going to be paywalls. Obviously, we know Spotify is working in the advertising business as well. They're dabbling a little bit in that. They're looking at all sorts of ways that they can monetize what they have so that they can build up their valuation. And remember, all of this game, this Game of Thrones, if you will, is about an exit strategy. How do I get acquired for the largest amount of dollars so that I can exit and make all of my investors happy and then go and do this again? So that's that's the thing to me. And I wonder if... So I th- my initial thought was, 
I don't know why Alex Bloomberg takes this deal. And I know that Alex Bloomberg doesn't get to make the choice all on his own. As you said, he's got partners. He's got investors. There's a lot of money, other people's money behind him and what he's built. Uh, And my initial thought was, this doesn't seem like an out that he would want. First of all, it's not the amount of money that I think is realistically what their value is already in the market. You may be, you, you mentioned a bubble. Let's assume for a minute that Alex Bloomberg sees the bubble about to burst. Then maybe this could be like his way. I'm going to cash out. This isn't what we could be worth right now, but it's better than what we'll get in six months or a year when everything blows up. And so I want out. Maybe that's it. I don't think that's what's going on here, though. I don't think that's what he sees happening with the industry. I think Gimlet was for him a very long term play. Um, but if you just look at the potential value of the content of the IP when you relicense it for adaptations into other mediums, et cetera, et cetera, as we've already seen, uh, Gimlet didn't think that was a thing when they started, they missed on the Alex Inc show or whatever, you know, the one that was on NBC, mm-hmm. but they got that lesson right away and they fixed it from then on. And they've made some good licensing deals already. There was the plan for many more. I think Spotify sees this as not only a place where we can churn out a lot of great high quality podcast content immediately, which we then pay zero royalties on or licensing for versus the music where we pay every time somebody plays it. But also as we're facing the giants like Netflix and Amazon and Apple now moving into video streaming as well as music, uh, you've got Disney launching their streaming service later this year. Maybe Netflix goes, Hey, the next Gimlet show will just make a Spotify show and then we'll have a video service that we could sell to our people too. Or again, an additional revenue stream as they license that video content out to partners like Netflix at Hulu and Disney or whoever it might be. So I think that's the big play for them, but still $200 million doesn't seem like the out for Alex. That's not like retire on an Island money. Cause he's not going to get all of it. You and I both that's agreed. On an island money, Joel. <laughs> to tell you, to, to, <laughs> to well, tell you, like he's going to get multi millions of dollars out of this, and that's and I think that's ultimately why you know we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. I can tell you, I had a conversation with Alex before he started Gimlet. I had a one on one. I was introduced to him, and I had a phone call with him talking about everything that he was doing and what his plans were in the creation of Gimlet, and. You're right. He is a guy that is very much dedicated to the content. He's very much dedicated to the way that the content is produced. And he wants to make – he wanted – I mean the way that he described Gimlet to me before Gimlet even became a thing was the most expensive news outlet that existed on the planet. Basically, he wanted he wanted something that he could create that was not necessarily going to be ad-supported where he could have – reporters actually report on stories without any you know perceived or actual biases that came from advertising dollars and so that was that was essentially what his goal was to do now i don't necessarily know if he achieved that goal i don't know if i could look on the outside and say that he has achieved that particular goal but he does have a partner who is very business minded and matthew lieber and he's the other guy at Gimlet who who looks at this deal and goes, 
I can retire. <laughs> I can I can make a couple million dollars, sit it in my bank account, and I can be very good to go, Alex. And Alex, as we know from startup, also has a wife who <laughs> looks who could also look at that and go, you can make a couple million dollars. And I mean, when I say a couple million, I don't know how much of that 200. I mean, obviously the investors are in for 28 million. How much more percentage on top of that? They're going to get out of the 200. They're obviously getting all their money back. Plus, they'll probably get some. I'm going to guess, though, that Alex and Matthew walk away with at least 25, maybe even $50 million a piece. Really? You, see, I, f- I figured they would be lucky with the, um, with the, I mean, again, because you got to think it's not just like the latest round, it's those initial seed investors. Those are the ones that I feel like have to be getting huge paydays, right? That's the reason that's the reason why you put $500,000 up when it's literally just a guy in your office telling you about a dream he has is because you're going to get a massive payday someday. Well, well now is the payday. So I figured in my head I would head, imagine I would imagine 10 15 guys. million maybe. And 10 15 million dollars would change your or my life absolutely. Will it change their lives? Yes. But again, it's not like buying island money. I, no. If you give Alex Bloomberg ten or fifteen million dollars, I think he immediately launches a new business. And and you and I talked about it off here. Okay, so let's let's because we don't know the numbers, we don't know the specifics there. Let's conjecture about this. Will Alex be part of this deal? Will he actually work with Spotify in any way? Can you imagine him staying? I don't. I don't think so. But maybe I know. You know, from speaking to some other people. Who have signed deals with Spotify? You know, Spotify is very much into creating content that is on their platform, that is their platform exclusive, and they are signing a lot of content creators to make this happen. They are working very. They're working very um, planned. They they have a plan in place to make sure that the people that they are signing are going to bring in the right amount of money. You know, obviously, you can't sign an Amy Schumer for a million dollars and, you know, bring in less than a million dollars, right? Yeah. You need to you need to make sure that that investment that you put into that particular content creator is going to come back to you, you know, three, four, five times fold. Uh, and I don't know what exactly that number is that they're looking to to achieve, but it's difficult. Like we know you, it's difficult to create a hit podcast. Gimlet's got 24 owned original pieces of content. They've created a Hollywood division, if you want to call it that, where they are creating now other medium based off of the podcasts that they are creating. Homecoming was a very popular uh, show on Amazon, and that was uh, a podcast first from the folks at Gimlet. And I think they announced that they're launching another true crime series uh, literally just yesterday. So Gimlet is still churning out shows and they have a formula that works with an audience that's very much dedicated to what they're doing where they can continue to create these big hits. And Spotify obviously sees this, make it Spotify exclusive. Spotify now, like you mentioned, has full ownership over these shows so that they can you know, advertising dollars will come directly to them. They cut out the middleman. They no longer have to do like a partnership. They don't have to split it 50-50. It all comes to Spotify. They do, they do all the work. They do all the deal. 
it's only on Spotify, so now they they are hoping that more listeners come to their platform to listen to it. And from everything that we hear from Rob Walsh and Todd Cochran, Spotify is a legit number two listening destination now for podcasting. But again, the only ones that are benefiting out of all this are the top one percenters in podcasting. All right. How do you get those big ad dollars? You need to have big audiences. You need to have 10,000 listens or more per episode to get those live reads. And that's just the beginning. So we're talking about shows that are in the top 1% of podcasting. Well, 1% of 600,000, and it's not even 600,000 because we know Anchor is, you know, devoting what I think like 45% of dead shows uh, with less Some than three episodes. Ridiculous figures, ridiculous figures. So let's just go back to the number that we that we really do trust, like 250,000. So 1% of 250,000 is not a lot uh, in the grand scheme of things. So if Spotify can control a good chunk of that 1%, now, we, now you can sort of see, like, it's all about just chasing the dollars, people. You just got to keep looking and watching and seeing where the dollars are. They do exist, but again, eventually some – I talked myself out of a job with someone because I literally did the math for them and said, what you're looking for doesn't exist. It's a unicorn and it's not even a unicorn. It literally just doesn't exist. So you have to, you have to understand the mathematics behind everything, where the money is going and how it's going to affect everyone. I don't think Alex is done as a content creator. So I, I know, I don't know if that's going to, uh, relate to him staying on with Spotify in in some sort of capacity or if he goes on to create something else. Ultimately, great on him. This was a guy, when I first met him and spoke to him, was in a very similar situation than I was and obviously in a much better situation than I was, uh, where he was working for a place, wasn't, wasn't feeling content with the job, uh, that he was tasked to do for someone else, wanted to create something for himself, did so, and now now has done so on a, at a very successful level. And so, all the best to Alex. And you know, that's the American dream. That's what we all see. We, we we see these we see these people. They go out, they do something, they make something for themselves, and phenomenal phenomenal job for Alex. What this all means for everyone else. Really not a whole heck of a lot other than there's going to be a little bit more mainstream coverage of podcasting. So if you have a podcast, you're sort of related. You're hoping that that sort of trickles down to you. It's like, oh, well, I can listen to these Gimlet podcasts. Well, I can also listen to these other podcasts that are out there. And if you have one, well, congratulations. Uh, Hopefully this news will help bring a few more earbuds your way. Here, here's the other thing that I'll say that regular podcasters can take away from it, Jay. Um, just like what we've seen with Disney, where you know they own Marvel Comics, and Marvel Comics has become a experimentation laboratory for them. They work on storylines, they work on character ideas and shifts and different ways that things can play out, and then the things that sort of crop up and uh, showcase the best audience response and, you know, the, the most uh, consistent storytelling, they go, okay, we'll promote that to the movies now. Um, and, and we get a second medium out of it. 
the comics are a cheaper laboratory than trying to spend that money and make those stories experiment with that idea on television or on the movie scale. Um, Gimlet is doing this very specifically with fictional storytelling. They're working in the audio medium first because it's cheaper per minute than video is. And then the stories that are best, the stories that sort of hit, they rise to the top. I think about an author who is maybe working through the process of self-publishing and it's a hard road to hoe and there's a lot of money that you end up putting out to make that happen on a scale that you'll be proud of. But if you've got any sort of audio know-how, if you are already a fan of podcasting, there's a million how-to podcasts out there. You can follow that sort of stuff. You can DIY it yourself and you could produce an audio book through a podcast medium, gain traction. And just like with the Martian, you know, it was self-published and then everybody wants to buy it. Everybody wants to make him a millionaire. You make a movie out of the thing. All of a sudden you could do that very same thing. I think the next version of the Martian, the next time we hear that sort of story where the guy comes out of nowhere and writes a best-selling book, I think that could very easily happen with a podcaster who just sat down, started recording the book that he had written or she had written, and and then that became a sensation in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all these other places. Um, the fact that big media companies are looking to scoop those up and add promotion and get behind us in different ways, I think that that's just good for us. Let's ride the wave as, as more people are interested and more people are paying attention to us. Um, and I'm with you also. Big kudos to Alex and and to Matt too. I've uh, I've never met Matt. I've met Alex once. I've heard Matt speak once at one of these conferences. Um, everything that I've ever heard from anyone who's worked with them has been you know above board. They seem like great people. I've disagreed with a couple of their company's decisions, but I don't think any of them have been. You know, what's the old Google slogan? You know, don't be evil. They haven't been evil. You know, they've they've run their company um, with respect for the industry. They've made good products and good content. Um, and so if this ends up being the end of Gimlet as we know it with him on top or them on top, I think it will have been a very interesting sort of side note in the history of podcasting. <laughs> You know, and, and to further to further the Spotify side of the story, you know, Todd Cochran posted in Facebook that Spotify is trying to license other podcasts, specifically the No Agenda show with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. By the way, bad work out of Spotify. If you listen to that show, you know they're never going to sell the show to you under some sort of licensing deal. Um, plus, as he mentioned, they're trying to acquire Gimlet. He asked if anyone else is getting approached by Spotify. Makes him go, hmm, and I'm curious why he's humming. But again, this really shouldn't all be all that odd. Todd also mentioned that he's heard a rumor about Pandora, who's trying to get into the podcasting space, is going to force podcasters to carry some sort of advertising on their show. They won't be carried on the Pandora platform. By the way, that makes sense. Think about this. Apple has been the only place so far that has opened up their doors for free at no cost to the podcaster and literally they've made zero dollars from podcasting and why because back in the day they were looking to get a whole bunch of earbuds on all of the other things that apple was providing and podcasting was a great way to get very educated very wealthy audience to put their money towards more apple products and more apple services this is an idea and a concept now that people are trying to, I hate the word, 
scale and 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 work with uh, all audiences. How do we make you know? Obviously, the uber wealthy and the uber educated is a small subset of the total uh, possible listening audience. So, how do I make this work for a smaller uh, for a larger subset of people? How do I get more people into this? You can't necessarily recreate the same thing. Spotify is eventually going to come up with the same thing. And I'm guessing Spotify is going to wait to see how the reaction is from podcasters to Pandora before they start to force the same thing on the podcasters that they've put on their platform. But again, if they acquire everybody, if if they're Spotify originals, they don't have to worry about that. And if they make enough money out of the Spotify originals, then they don't necessarily have to force it on everybody else. And if you're already on their platform, they can see your listening numbers. And if you reach that certain number, then you get a call. Hi, Joel. How are you? I'm from Spotify. Your podcast is performing really well on our platform. We'd love to talk to you about perhaps joining in a exclusive deal with us uh, where we'll represent your show and provide advertising for your podcast. Um. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Here's here's my thing. I want I do wonder if their licensing deals are going to be similar to what Audible did where there's like the window of exclusivity and then eventually it comes out on an RSS feed in normal podcast players or Stitcher Premium does that. Most of their shows they start only on Stitcher Premium, and then six months later, nine months later, you can subscribe to it for free. Uh, and it's sort of like that cycle of content. Um, I, I think that is a model. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I say it's working. I guess it's working for Stitcher, right? Because they continue to do it, um, or, or mid-roll, or scripts, or however you want to look at that. Well, again, Joel, it's, it's, again, very smart, and you're cutting out as much of the middleman as possible. So if I create... A, an exclusive show on Spotify and I'm charging people $10 a month to listen to content exclusively exclusively on Spotify with no ads, by the way. Then I build a proof of concept to the advertiser that says, hey, I've got this many listeners listening just on my platform. When I go and release this podcast to the masses, Uh, I expect to see this much more growth from my listening audience. And thus, that's why you should pay me a premium in advertising because we're going to do the advertising for these podcasts on those other platforms that it now becomes available on. They are doubling their money, right? And when you see all of this and start to understand why some companies are very much on board with IAB compliancy and why it's very important to this industry for everyone to be IAB compliant and go through uh, the accreditation process that has been created by the IAB. It's very important to understand why there are some companies that believe that there needs to be a podcast trade association so that things like what I just described aren't necessarily things that will happen because ultimately that will ruin podcasting. You're going to devalue the advertising and then those big CPM numbers that you're all chasing in that top 1% gets dropped down considerably. It is, and again, I hate terming this the wild west because there are still a lot of podcasters out there that are doing their own thing and they don't take into consideration exactly what it is that they are doing to the entire industry when they go and act as a 
uh, as a rogue client, for instance, or if they just ignore, you know, what else is happening in the industry and they don't understand that they're one little, you know, uh, I, I approach a advertiser tomorrow and I charge them a hundred thousand dollars to advertise on my podcast, but I don't have anywhere near in 10,000 listens or whatever. I've got like a hundred or, or, or 500 listens to my episodes. They don't understand that that has a bigger effect on the industry as a whole than just on your little podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, significantly more effect on the industry as a whole than on you as a person. Um, okay. So frankly, we won't know how this turns out for at least a little while. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to hang out there for very long. It's been so public. It was so talked about. It even hit some mainstream news. Uh, and I think because of that, if Gimlet is not interested, very quickly that will come out in one way or another or if this is not a number nearly what it's going to take to get them bought then that'll come out and if it is then i think it'll close pretty quickly too uh i i think it wouldn't have broken if the talks weren't fairly far along already don't don't you agree i mean i think if this was just exploratory i don't think it would have come out like this well uh the other theory is that it broke out like this because perhaps the talks were breaking down and perhaps and so they one side going. is using this as leverage effectively the public knowledge well right. uh, so i mean here's the thing uh gimlet is not a publicly traded company still right no. i mean this is so this is not there's not been an ipo these are all private investors so they would all be on the inside of any of this anyway so it's not like yeah i i don't think there's any Again, I don't. I don't buy that. Really, I don't think that. The, I don't think either side really gains anything by um, putting public pressure. Other than if some of the folks at Gimlet really wanted this, they really wanted out, but it wasn't quite going to happen. And they think by making it public, there'll be another entrant. You know, there's another company out there that goes, "Well, hell, I got two hundred and fifty million dollars to spend. Let's give them a call." You know. Well, here's the thing, though. So. Depending on how you read this, to me, I'm so so. Nick Qua has released his latest hot pod, and he goes into some of the math a little bit more. Uh, most recently, again, you talked about Gimlet is not a publicly traded company. Their valuation was set at about seventy million dollars before any of this came out. So, if you're Spotify, are you the one that wants everyone to know that you're buying this for 230 million or are you the one that doesn't feel comfortable with paying 230 million? You're looking to get it closer to that 70 million. Um, I mentioned when, when this news came out that I would think that the Hollywood division alone is worth 230 million. Uh, how much money did they make from homecoming and Alex Inc, which Although it flopped, they were paid for it. So that's the real. So the question is, how much money are they making on that side of the business versus the podcasting business? Because again, again, uh, Nick, Nick has it in his hot pod. The most recent number was from like 2016, where they uh, were making seven. Uh, seven million dollars a year from their podcasts alone, and we're on track to be making uh, was it fifteen? I think, which was the same number that uh, the Ringer just recently mentioned that they made uh, in the past year from their podcasts. I think it's. I, I'm. I wish I could find it more quickly. 
Um, we'll put a link to that uh, hot pod in the show notes, uh, by the way. Um, yes. Yes. So in 2016, they're making at least $7 million, and they seem to be on track to bring in $15 million that year, which The Ringer made in the past year. The Ringer, Bill Simmons' podcasting uh, organization, is making $15 million a year, according to them. That's interesting. So, and maybe I've got my years off. So, so Bill left. Uh, he left. The same time ESPN. I did four years ago. Really? Okay. And so that was a year after Gimlet started, or the year that Gimlet, Gimlet started. Gimlet started the around the exact same time. Yeah, it was either like right before. I think I think like startup was was going public as you guys both left. So mm-hmm. that means Gimlet had a year head start, and Bill has already. You're saying Bill's passed their income? It's just from podcasting, at least. Now Gimlet's doing these other things. They're doing white right. label stuff. Like Bill's enterprise is not making podcasts for companies white label, are they? That's another revenue stream no. that we don't even really get a glimpse of from Gimlet. Right. Right. And, and that's a, also something that's mentioned in the hot pod. Uh, you know, there's a lot of – and related to another story, which which I wanted to talk about that came from the guys at Pacific Content about who's going to scale podcasting the best, and that is brands. Um, you know, Steve over at uh, Pacific Content wrote a, a great blog article about how brands are going to be – what is ultimately going to help bring in new podcast listeners. Uh, and he does admit in the blog post that that's exactly what Pacific content does. They, they create podcasts for brands. That's their whole business model. Um, and so there's that aspect of the Gimlet deal too. So there's a lot more than just, just the podcasts, uh, with this acquisition of Gimlet. There's a whole lot more than just that sports podcasts. I have said this from the very beginning, People apparently continue to ignore us uh, for whatever reason. But sports podcasting has been around from the beginning. I know because I'm the guy that was there that created the the, the first couple of sports podcasts on a major platform. Uh, have always generated huge listen numbers. And again, it comes down to that on-demand content. If you're a football fan, you don't need to listen to the basketball. You don't need to listen to the baseball. You can just listen to the football. And that's the thing that has resonated with sports fans and sports podcasts. And it's funny listening to the folks that produce the daily at the New York Times and, oh, how hard it is to put together a daily. I produced eight of them in a day uh, for a major sports company a major sports media outlet it's not that difficult uh congratulations new york times you discovered what daily radio is it's a fan (laughs) it's a it's a wonderful medium isn't it all of this is to say all of this ends up getting related it all builds into one another each little story provides a little bit more context to the bigger business side of what's happening in this industry and it's fascinating and definitely something to keep an eye on the problem becomes that 14 year podcasting veteran who can speak the business side of podcasting is still sitting here going hey hello i can help you it's tuesday morning and i'm talking to my buddy in louisiana over skype good morning guys yeah um well i say uh you and me just need to go out and start the next gimlet and get purchased by spotify in two or three years that's that's what we need to be working on 
I think you're right. I think uh, what can we what can we call it? Let gim or we got verse. What of, uh, I don't gimlet. even remember what 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 is gimlet? What does gimlet originally mean? It's a sound thing, isn't it? It has something to do with sound, but I can't remember what it, what the actual definition was. Uh, I listened to the uh, that Honestly, I was a religious devotee to that first season of startup it was the most fascinating thing that i had ever heard and particularly as someone who was like thinking about and contemplating and and dreaming and planning of building his own business at the time watching you do it uh i i was listening to and, and watching the story of um mike hurley one of the founders behind relay.fm uh they've done a great job becoming these independent audio creators and building a business, doing what they love to do. And just like we were talking about with Gimlet, doing it the right way, um, you know, doing business honorably and respectfully, uh, respecting the content and the medium that they're working in, respecting their listeners first and foremost. Um, and I looked at all of that and I was like, yeah, I can do this too in my own little way and find my, my niche in this industry. Um, Alex was a big inspiration to me. And so I'm, I wish him all the best through this transition. I really cannot wait to see how this resolves uh here's the bad news for you all listeners you're gonna have to wait to hear from us about it for at least one extra week um jay uh we're gonna move right now to what are we currently listening to uh before i get you out of here for this morning um but what i'm listening to right now is a show called schmanners because this weekend my wife and i are headed to new orleans uh we're gonna go see mabim bam my brother my brother and me uh live uh, you can go back in the archive feeds here. We did an episode on my brother and my my brother, my brother and me back when we were um, uh, pod on pod. As a matter of fact, a million years ago, Josh and I had uh, our good buddy uh, Adam Dale in the studio to talk about my brother, my brother and me. Uh, it's a great show. It's one of my favorite podcasts ever. I've never seen them live, uh, and they they're doing two nights in New Orleans. They're doing their Dungeons and Dragons show, uh, the Adventure Zone live on Saturday night, and uh, my brother, my brother and me Sunday. Kelly and I are going to see the Mabimba Bam show Sunday night, and they are opening that show with two of their other podcasts. Uh, one of the brothers and his wife does a show called Schmanners, which is about the history of etiquette. And the other brother or one of the other brothers and his wife does a show called Sawbones, which is about the history of uh, medicine. And both of those shows will open up. I can't listen to Sawbones because they talk about a lot of gross stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to handle that live. I may go get popcorn for a while. Uh, but um, uh, Schmanners, I actually like quite a lot. Uh, it's Travis McElroy and his wife. They host that show. And uh, there's a link in the show notes as well. But if you if you like comedy at all, you know, it's one of those things like uh, I, I listen to a lot of music and I, I listen to a lot of musicians talk about music theory and stuff. And one of the things that you'll hear a lot is like siblings who sing together. They have this thing called blood harmony where they... <laughs> They well, you know, it's a real thing where where they have this innate ability to connect to each other musically. They just understand each other. Sometimes it can happen with people that aren't siblings too. It's like um, if you've been singing together long enough, you have that sort of like connection or whatever. But it happens a lot with siblings. These three brothers have that for comedy. Like they have this comedic timing and rhythm with each other that you can only build up over thirty something years. You know, and they are just wonderful wonderful people so if you've never heard mabimba bam i suggest you check that show out if you have uh do like me and, and level it up and check out schmanners that's my pick this week but because we're traveling out of town we're not going to have a recording next week jay we'll take one week off and then we'll be back around the uh 18th 19th we'll be back on the air for you 
Well, I'm going to cheat again this week. Um, sorry. Just like sorry. Brady. Whoa. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you go there? Uh, but I'm going to give you another sports podcast. Uh, this one's called Scouts Honor. It's done by uh, Paul Crane and Dave T. Thomas. Paul Crane is a former CNN sports anchor uh, and does a lot of sports broadcasting currently. Dave T. Thomas is the super scout that you've probably never heard of, but has the inside ear of a whole bunch of football teams, baseball teams, hockey teams, basketball teams, uh, and he absolutely dishes the dirt. He will tell you exactly who these teams are looking to draft and uh, why they're looking to draft them. And uh, one guy in particular that he bends the ear of quite uh, <laughs> quite a bit is Bill Belichick. So uh, when, when I talk about the um, last year's offseason smoke that uh, existed about the New England Patriots – uh, there was a lot of truth behind the smoke that was out there. So uh, I highly recommend the Scouts Honor podcast as we enter the NFL offseason. Uh, because if you want to know what your team is going to do in terms of uh, the upcoming NFL draft and free agency, uh, Dave T. Thomas is going to be the guy who knows exactly what they're going to do. How, how much does he look or sound like Mel Kuyper? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Uh, neither. He doesn't look or sound anything like him. He actually, it's funny because he did provide the scouting book to, uh, for a number of years to all 32 NFL teams, like 400 pages worth of notes on every available draft D every year. Uh, that was one of the things that he did. He's, he's been involved with the NFL draft. Uh, basically from the beginning his first job he uh, he was a guest on my own podcast uh he was like 14 years old and he met al davis and uh and was talking to al davis about you know how his scouts you know were doing their job and he was like i can do a better job and i don't need anything other than the paper (laughs) and al davis said whatever and sure enough uh, he wrote up a scouting report for Al Davis, sent it to him, and Al Davis sent him a check. 14 years old. Again, That's crazy. living the American dream. He's a, <laughs> a sporting savant. I love it. Um, all right. So our picks there this week, Schmanners and Scouts Honor. There'll be links for that in the show notes as well. You can find everything at alwayslisteningpod.com, of course. Uh, and uh, Jay, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter. On Twitter at the real pod Vader, you can email me probably through my show's emails the best way, nextfanup at gmail.com. And yeah, there you go. All right. And you can find me at uh, on Twitter at the Rogues Life or uh, at joelsharpton.com anytime. Uh, f- Folks, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for following us on uh, all of the podcast apps that you listen to this on. Leave us a review if you're enjoying the show and appreciate you for sticking with us through the audio issues. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, I'm Joel. I'm Jay. And we are always listening. Yeah, I know. Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews by searching Always Listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher Radio. Also, you can find us anytime at alwayslisteningpod.com. 
or email us at alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.